This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In CISO. Hello and welcome back to Seagull Social Season 4, Episode 7. It is just boy, Ben. It's your boy, Ben. Christ, I sound like a 10-year-old YouTuber. It's your boy, Ben Spaulding, and I'm here with Ryan Edset, and we're going to talk about AFC Bournemouth versus Brighton. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> How are you, Ryan? It's a good one, isn't it? Um, I was all right, mate. I was Until that intro. And you did that. <laughs> Yeah, now yeah. I just feel a bit sick, actually. But Still no, I'm, <laughs> I'm all good, mate. Um, it's, it's it's good to see Brighton back to uh, to winning ways after our one one game without a win. Which yeah, is, too much. Too how entitled we've got nowadays. I know exactly. We lose one game and we think it's all over. But I'm glad you know we were humbled, weren't yeah. we? As the Chelsea and Man United fans said, we were humbled after losing to Erky Athens. Um, God. But then, as the stat proved, after I think what. In our 11 losses under Zerbo, we've always won the next game. And not knowing that stat, but just kind of having that feeling anyway, I was confident that we were going to get something out of Bournemouth. Um, I think in the preview, me and Maz were kind of like jo- you know joking, said it was going to be like 7-0. Well, you weren't, really. I said it was going to be 7-0. I said record scoreline. Um, but obviously, I was joking. I, I don't know. When I got to the game, I, I really wasn't confident. And going into it, it was really flat. Atmosphere was dead. And I just thought, Mm, I'm not so sure now. And I even said it to the people around me. I was like, I don't know about this. I really don't. And it's the European hangover, it wasn't it? Best, obviously, we'll get on to You think the European hangover is just going to yeah, affect the bit, players, but it affects the fans. Like, the fans of, you know, we went there Thursday night. I didn't go to the game on Sunday uh, against Bournemouth. I was busy, unfortunately. But obviously, caught plastic. Plastic. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, I can imagine going going to that straight away is there's going to be a bit of a hangover from the game, not just for the players, but for the fans as well, you know. It's a bit of a bit deflating. Yeah, of course. Um, we didn't actually get your thoughts on the AK Athens, but what, I don't know if you heard what me and Matt said, but we were saying about how yeah. the, the, the loss was obviously annoying, but I think the whole experience and the whole day made it better and made that loss feel a bit better and a bit more acceptable just because of the whole day and experience. But um, obviously it was still a bad result. And yeah, I guess maybe that's why you probably thought, is that going to carry over into the Bournemouth match? And you actually did that thing that didn't, did you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think after the Athens one, I think it's it's, it's a bit weird because I think it's a good thing that we lost early on to almost, 
yeah, have that bit of a humbler, really. And I think, you know what Deserby's like? He, he, it only takes one hit to, to understand what he can't do. I think that the fact that that's coming our opening game of the Europa League, um, is a good thing. So I, I hope anyway that Deserby sort of sees that and knows straight away. We can't get away with that when we go to Marseille in a couple of weeks time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I must admit, um, going into that Bournemouth game, I, I probably wouldn't say I was, confident but I think yeah I, I knew that we were very capable because at the same time Bournemouth weren't very good um, oh, so see, I, I beg to differ. Really I is... thought Bournemouth have been a lot better. I think they will be absolutely fine this year. I thought. I think. They, I don't think they've had yeah, good they've results. They've gotten a lot better this season. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't so sure that they were, like. I, I thought the first half they were okay. Second half they were abysmal. Yeah. And I think that, but only because of the quality. It's it's just the quality difference. Mm. I know, the the way they're trying to play was decent. Their pressing has and all that sort of thing, which is good. But I think it was just a, a simple fact of it was a bit like us when we first got Potter sort of thing. It was quite easy to beat them because they just weren't good enough to do what yeah. they wanted to do, if you know what I mean. Which is mad to look how far we've come thinking like, you know, we had an abysmal first half, bring on two players and the quality we've got on the bench to then yeah. completely change the game within 15 seconds of the players coming on. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. I just want to, just because we just spoke about some Europa League stuff just then, I did want to say, just touched on it before, yeah. you know, the whole Ajax thing. So they were 3-0 down in like the 37th minute against Feyenoord, um, yes. which is a huge game for them. Ajax are like just below mid-table in the Eredivisie. And the fans started throwing stuff on the pitch, th- throwing flares on the pitch whilst they were three 0 down. And then they started like leaving and then Mad. like be- like tearing down their own stadium essentially. And oh, they were like horses running yeah. after all these fans, and it's chaotic, absolute chaos in their area busy. And for one of the teams that we're going to be facing very soon, um, I don't know what your thoughts were that because I don't want us to be beating them and then them kick off again. And then the ba- the match gets abandoned. Yeah, is, yeah. The, uh, the match got abandoned, so they're going to have to replay the game, even though Feyenoord are winning three 0 Outrageous. Yeah, I know. I did see this, and I thought of all the games we've been given all these warnings about Athens fans being slightly crazy about Marseille fans, and we haven't actually heard anything about Ajax. And then you look over at Ajax at the moment. They sat the director of football late last night. They had all their riots during the game. It's it, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It could be a bit dodgy, you know, but. Um, I'd like to think, and I hope anyway, that most of their frustrations are going to be taken out on their club and not so much ours. I suppose it's one of those, you go there, you act like an idiot, you get what you get. Um, you know, we're not going to be doing that. Um, I, I don't know, at the same time, though, it's a club that clearly are in a very, very bad spot. Um, and, you know, we are more than capable of making that worse. You know what we're like when a team's sort of in turmoil, we we can really turn up and, and, and thrash them. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I hope for our case it's the same, but yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. So it's a while off, a while off yet anyway. It is. Yeah. I think, what is it? October? Oh no, it wasn't October 9th, was it? Was it November 9th when we, yeah, November 9th when we play them away. Yeah, it's November. But yeah, but yeah obviously we play it. them at home the two weeks prior because we got them and I think maybe it's wrong but yeah anyway um, but back to the Bournemouth game no, um, right, I think. wasn't the best start was it um, I think I've got it written down here no. as you know because we ran through it before Bournemouth domination is what I'd say before their goal um, it seemed a bit shaky and I'm guessing that's probably why you were thinking that it was going to be a tough afternoon I mean, Deserby said at the end of the game that it's the worst game that he's yeah. had since he's taken over which it isn't really wrong. I thought the first half. Can you was imagine being a Bournemouth fan really, here? Really, really hard. Just, you just lost three-one, and then um, the opposition manager yeah. saying, "Oh yeah, that's the worst we've played." <laughs> yeah. in, which is mad. But it's true, isn't yeah. it? It's the levels that we're at, and I think it's the first time. Someone mentioned it on Twitter that it's the first time where we actually felt like a big club. Um, you know, we we beat the team three-one. 
very, very, very poor, they weren't very good either. And it was only just because we, our second gear was better than their best gear that we turned them over. And, and yeah, I must admit, it was probably the one time where I felt like a bit like a Man City or a Liverpool or something, you know, when they've, they've not been very good, but they get a win over the line. We haven't really seen that before. But yeah, that first half, mate, was, was a very difficult watch. We, we honestly couldn't get out of sort of, I would, I wouldn't even say the final third we got to. We, we didn't create any chances really, but it was, it was a really, really flat, weird first half mm. where there was no runs being made. I think the only person that was making half an effort to, to make the run in behind, he tried it a few times, was Simon Adingra. He sort of made that run from the wing, sort of cutting across centrally for a long ball from Verbruggen, which obviously where the goal came from. Um, and if you don't mind, just, I need to say this because it, it did wind me up at the time. I don't know if the fans that went to the game go to the game very often. But if you do, surely by now, you must realise that Brighton play out from the back. So Brighton play football from the goalkeeper. And we score goals by using our goalkeeper. <laughs> so to slate a 20-year-old goalkeeper... On his, what, fourth game, third game, booing him, jeering him, clapping him when he's got the ball, trying to get him to hurry up. What does that achieve? What does that actually achieve apart from knocking his confidence? I just, I just, it was mind blowing. And when, when Lewis Dunk had a go at the fans, it was actually a good thing because I know it's not the real Brighton fans who actually go to games and understand it and understand football. It's the people that are there just, they just, come on, hurry up, come on. Mm. And I was thinking, we, we, this is how we played for like, what, two years now? We, we, we play it slowly. We try and bait the press out. Yeah. yeah. I, I just thought, why are we booing our own players in our that best is, ever spot? It was very bad. In the best position we've ever been in. It was, it was very so bad. embarrassing, was, mate. It was awful. It really annoyed me. I was at the gym this morning talking to my Spurs mate and even he was like, that's just like really poor. And from an unbiased point from him, he was like, it's obviously not Brighton fans that are maybe proper fans in that respect. Maybe there was a small pocket of fans that were booing and jeering out of frustration because we'd gone 1-0 down because obviously... I think that goal, that, yeah, that mistake, that mistake was coming, wasn't it? Because I think he made one mistake prior to that where he gave the ball away. And then the one after that was when I think three players managed to close him down, which is nuts anyway. Like three Bournemouth players pressed him and there were no Brighton players around him. So the Bruggen just had to like panic and kick it away. Maybe you could argue he spent too much time on the ball, but this is how we play football, like you said. Um, and yeah, he gave the ball away and like this, this is how we play and these mistakes are going to happen especially when you've got a new goalkeeper. Like you said, he's probably played four competitive games for us. He's just he's adjusting as well. We know he's good with his feet, supposedly, which is why you've bought him. So give him time. He's going to get used to this system. It's the same, same with any player in our team, that they have to get used to the system. Yeah. And yeah, mistakes are going to happen. And his, unfortunately, in Verbruggen's position, exactly. that's where mistakes are more likely to happen and what where more costly mistakes are going to happen, like Solanke, which was quite a good finish in the end, like kind of dinking it over him. Um, and yeah, they went one nil up. Mm. I guess they. You I heard a rumor that Jack Calvin actually celebrated that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it's, um, dom dom dee dom 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 Okay. But yeah, it's a good. It's a good. Uh, um, but yeah. it was a good finish. I rated it. Obviously, not too much. So I just wanted to touch on a bit you said about the Zerbi, because hmm. he said that he said just afterwards um, about the Bruggen saying he takes responsibility, and during the press conference, um, sort of last week um, before this game. Um, God, there's been so many games, it fries your brain. So the, the press before the Bournemouth game, sorry. Um, he sort of said, yeah, it's, it, he's what, 15, 10, 15 minutes or sorry, 10, 15 days it takes these players to adapt to his system. 
Um, so the fact he knows that is insane. All right, with 10, 15 weeks, actually, um, to adapt to his system. So he understands that if a new player comes in, they're going to have to spend at least, you know, sort of half a month trying to learn his new way or at least a month trying to learn his new way. It was something like that. And the only way that they're going to be able to learn that is by playing. And yeah. Well, that's like th- near enough 15 games really as well, isn't it? There you go. So 15 games, Verbruggen's played four. What was even more ridiculous, we've got a 20-year-old goalkeeper and we've got an 18-year-old Facundo Bonanotte. Don't get me wrong, he didn't have a good game at all. And I, and I completely accept that. I didn't think he was good either. But people were just on his back, slating him, swearing at him, putting tweets about him. And I just thought, mate, we, we are... Fair enough, if we've lost the game 8-0, like Sheffield United did the other day, and no one put a shift in, but to start getting on everyone's backs and we what we've won four in our first five, the first time that a Premier League team has been able to do that outside of the big six since two thousand and five, by the way, and we're having a go at an eighteen-year-old winger because we've had to rotate the squad, and a twenty-year-old goalkeeper, and most of the people that are moaning at them are about four times their age, and you just think, why, <laughs> why are we doing this? So it's it's frustrating really because if you're a young player going through you know, adjustment and, and trying to get into a new team. And then you've got the fans, your own fans, booing you and jeering you and telling you to get off the pitch and tweeting about you, swearing at you. What do you expect to happen? Yeah. It was just, honestly, it was so frustrating. And I'm so glad that we came back because it proved how fickle they are when they're all celebrating, doing the songs at the end. And you think, so, you know, it's just fickle fans. Well, football is, it, football it, it's is. frustrating because, yeah. yeah. Well, the, per- the perfect example is, you know, Matoma went absolutely missing against Athens. I don't, uh, that's just that's just what happened. Yeah, yeah and that, that's going to happen. And then obviously he then pretty much wins us the match. The just three days later, or however it is, it's just that is football, and that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Players are humans. Mate. <laughs> They're human beings. You know? And I'm speaking of them being so, humans, like yeah. the two players that got dragged off at half time, I saw them both out with their families um, in Hove last night as well. Like Evan was having dinner with his family at one place I went to, and then. Walked past Latino America, I think for yeah, for Kunto Buenonote was in there as well. Gave him a wave and like was going, "Come on!" And he was, I think he was looking at me like, "What the fuck are you doing, mate?" <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. surprised to be. I mean, I, again, I forget because I forget yeah. Evans. I, I walked past him as family. I was like, "Yes, Evan," and it was like gave him like a nod. And then I forget he's eighteen, and obviously for Kundo is as well. Like you, you, you think he's you, look at them, you look at them like grown yeah. men, but they're literally eighteen years old. It's it's crazy. And I'm walking past them thinking he's like some. Mate, if they're walking like, out of yeah. like a college. Like yeah. they're they're kids, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is the thing. So this is what I'm saying. Like if I saw if I went to go down to I don't know where my old college, Worthing College, watch Worthing College play, right? Eighteen year olds, bunch of eighteen year olds playing football, and I went down there just booing all of them. I'm gonna look like such a weirdo for one, and two, a complete idiot because it's just why am I there at the college football booing everybody because they're not playing very well? Yeah. These guys, yes, I know they pay considerably more money than these guys, <laughs> and they're also a lot better than anybody at their college, but. The same thing applies. What's it going to do to their confidence, for God's sake? Anyway, enough ranting about some yeah. of the fickleness because it, it, I just have sort to say, it out, it's fans. Pathetic, isn't it? Sort it um, out. If you did boo, yeah, not even not even sort it out, fans. So also, it's just sorry, like, if you did boo, let us know in the comments are, if you did position. and why you did boo because you know we want to know that you, you might have a, you might have, you might have a reason. I don't care about booing. Hang on. I don't care about booing the the, the performance because don't get me wrong, I wouldn't do it. But people could say they they pay their money, vent their frustrations. If that's what they need to do, then do it. But abusing our own players just ain't it. Mm. <laughs> it's just not what you do as a as a as a fan. 
you just don't do that. It's just wrong. Yeah. So that's my opinion. Yeah. No, but yeah, I just think it's and stupid. I'd like to think that yeah. most of our fans agree with us because yeah, it's not you don't boo your own players unless they've done something horrendously wrong. Um, but yeah, and then <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then anyway. teenagers. Um, luckily, just before half time. <laughs> Billy Gilmore, Billy Gilmore puts a cross in, which was going in, by the way. So I don't know, oh, class, don't know why it was given as a own goal because you know it was going. Yeah, in. was it? What was, was going, going in? I'm pretty I sure it was going in. Out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was going in. I might be wrong. Someone tell me if yeah, I Yeah, I like, couldn't tell. I, I thought has this been given to Gilmore or not? And yeah, then... it should have been. That would have been was nice. It? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but also, sorry, before that, they were kind of they did have a couple penalty shouts. I know Purvis brought down Solanke quite early on. I think before they actually scored. Get I know up. we're going back. Get up. Okay, fair enough. Could have been contentious, you know. If it was a top six club, they probably would. Have, <laughs> yeah. They probably would have got given that to be fair. But because it was Bournemouth, they didn't. Um, and then the thing, yeah, something yeah, else yeah. happened. Yeah, right. Did Dingra shove someone over in the penalty box? Something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, they had they had a couple of shouts. Yeah, there, was, there was a couple of shouts. They're very weak ones. Yeah. It was it was one of them where like I thought anyway. There were so many times, and I actually thought the referee was awful this game. And it's actually quite good to say this one we're on the back of a win because always when you say about a referee having a bad game you sound bitter because you've lost the game. But actually, we won the game and I still think it was awful. Um, yeah, I thought that the amount of times that a Bournemouth player um, was kicking the ball away or going to ground too easily or putting in a rash challenge and didn't get a yellow card. And I think the first time that Veltman did it, I think it was Veltman, he kicked the ball away slightly, yellow card. Billy Gilmore does it does it because he dummied the, the ball, yellow card. And I just thought... Where's the consistency of this law? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the referee favours Bournemouth over us, but when you look on the basis of that, I think they only had about two yellows and we had about five. And you think about it and you think, that doesn't quite add up when they're doing exactly the same thing. So I just it's just consistency of law. So it, it always makes me laugh as to how one week, one rule for one team, one rule. It just never is the same, is it? No, no, it's true. And I mean, even in the North London derby, I think Romero's handball was given as a penalty, but then when... yeah. And when Man United played them at um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think the same thing, similar thing happened. Romero handled it again, but that wasn't given. And I mean, there's been countless yeah. stuff for Brighton, for many clubs already this season where consistency has just gone out the window. And uh, even Ange Postacoglu was saying, I don't know what a pen. I think, I think a manager says that every single week in his post-match, at least one of the 20 managers says, yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what penalties are anymore. I don't know what the rules are anymore. And yeah, I mean, we... We completely agree, Big Ash, and I don't think anyone knows apart from the referees. But I mean, they don't even know yeah, because yeah. the amount of inconsistent, because the amount of inconsistencies, inconsistencies exactly. there are. Mate, um, if you've got like professional managers at the highest level of football, don't understand the rules. That's when you know that something could be wrong. I mean, yeah, I don't know, wrong, just a wild guess, but I'd say something <laughs> might be wrong. Yeah, it, it's yeah. frustrating, mate. The, the refereeing performances consistently are awful, and it, it, something needs to change. Mm. It never will, as we always say, but. Um, yeah, luckily we got out of this one alive because and if we didn't, seem... then it could have been a very different and frustrating one. Yeah, but they don't, they don't seem to be getting better in Europe either because I know the one that we had against Athens was pretty True. shite as well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, but moving on, because True. positivity, positive things happened. Anzu Fatty and Matoma came on. Evan Ferguson, Bueno Notte were yep. subbed off. Um, and it only took 15 to 16 seconds, because I said 15, you said 16. But 15 to 16 seconds for Ansu Fati to assist Matoma. And it was perfect. Like that's what a brilliant start to the, to the second half. The two substitutes, unbelievable impact. Straight away from the second half, Fati chasing the ball down. Wins the, well, kind of deflects off him, doesn't it, when he's charging down a ball. Goes to Matoma. Matoma, brilliant touch. Brings it down and gives it to Fati. Fati back to Matoma, tucks it in the bottom corner. Like that is perfect. Perfect goal. Um, was there like mad it's relief in the, the stadium? That kill, mate. That's what it is. Okay, was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, was the, the, yeah, it must have been mad relief in the stadium. But um, it was, yeah. I think uh, again, it was Billy Gilmore. Really, was was the, in my opinion, completely best player on the pitch yesterday. Um, I thought from back to front, he just run the game um, as he always seems to do now. Uh, he's got a lot more of that in him. Second half starts. Matoma's chased it down. Fatty's Rose chasing it down. I think after that, uh, it was just a. Gilmore sort of just ran the game afterwards. But yeah, full credit to Ansu Fati came on. Um, I think we haven't seen enough of him yet, have we? Um, to no. really prove. But I think he definitely had some touches there that were mm. very, very classy. You no can one, definitely see the, yeah. the No one was good against really. Athens. Because like, obviously I think he played a full night against Athens. No one was good against Athens. And that was a pretty tough game to judge him on. Um, so yeah, I kind of ignored that one. But it's good yeah. to see him get an assist in you know, his second, in his third game, I guess. This is, this yeah. is isn't it? it it was it was one of those where he sort of, yeah, charged at it. He should have scored, don't get me wrong, uh, a bit later on. He's got a lot of learning to do. It, it feels like, I don't know about, about you, but he feels like he's just a bit scared to get injured again. Like a bit like how when Tarek came back for the first mm. time. It's, it seems like when he goes to run at somebody, he looks too cautious to go into when it. He'd locked sort of down, he'd locked down Fatty at back. Lockdown fatty, yeah. Um yeah, we need we need Barca and Sue back. But um yeah, no, he's he's it's good to see him on there and, and I think yeah as well, Kerry Matoma. As we've always said, Magic Man, when he when you need him, I think is is more important because I don't know, I, I was saying before the game it's been a while since I've seen Kerry Matoma on the score sheet, and then obviously he comes in and comes and scores two goals. Perhaps it's one of them where, you know, as we said, all these footballers are human then, but maybe we just need to start resting them a little bit more because Matoma must have played so many minutes now for us. You're muted, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I was. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't understand a word you said for the past like ten seconds because you froze. But I, I'm assuming you said something good about oh, Matoma. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, but Matoma, yeah, I, yeah, about the fact he wasn't scoring, and then he did score, and then yeah, yeah about the fact he's back on the score sheet. He needs to be rested mm. more. Like we said, going from the game he had against ARK when he was missing and then he goes and scores two goals and he loves a goal against Bournemouth now hopefully that's going to be the narrative because that's what three and two no no because he didn't get he didn't score one in the away game did he so I guess it's just three and three but still good going as long as we've got someone because we used to have a little bit of a hoodoo against Bournemouth especially when they had like Eddie Howe and Callum Wilson that sort of thing then we yeah we never really used to get good results but I think that's four wins in a row against him now or maybe three wins in a row I don't know one of them but um, yeah that was good I think it's three well, obviously those subs paid off because bringing off Ferguson. Do you think he? Sh- do you think Ferguson should have been the player to come off in that when well, for Matoma and Fatty? Uh, 
Because I know Facundo yeah, had a I think bad Ferguson game. Looked unwell. <laughs> really, I feel like he was just ill still. Um, yeah, he he just got shrugged off everything. Really wasn't in the game. Um, it was one of those first halves where it just looked like we weren't in it at all, um, which was it's, it's very unusual for us. So yeah, Ferguson unfortunately it was the right move to take him off. A bit. Like Is there something the right in to take off? Um... Bueno Noto. Is there something in uh, yeah. Danny Welbeck and Ferguson playing together? Is is do you, do you think that'll be an issue? Do you think they can play yeah. together? They probably can. I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. It never seems to have worked so far, is it? Um, I, I just feel like Welbeck's a very, very good impact player and a very good player when you need him. Um, is he going to be someone that starts with Ferguson? I'm not so sure because they're very similar in terms of what they offer. Um, I think... Welbeck's very good when he drops deep, sort of collects the ball, drives the ball forward and is very good with his head. I think it's, it's probably the best attributes, I'd say, for Danny Welbeck. And then you just have Ferguson, sort of very good at collecting the ball deep, very, very, very good finisher and very, very good shot striker, sorry, ball striker. I'd say that they're pretty similar. So maybe, yeah, they need more balance. Anzu Fati, Karen Mitoma, probably a bit more dynamic, gives Welbeck more chance to drop back. I don't know. Because mm. when they played together against West Ham, that just didn't work. And then, you know, Welbeck was injured. So it's just Ferguson no. up front on his own against Newcastle and he bangs a hat trick. And then they played together again and it didn't really work in the first half against Bournemouth. I feel like maybe maybe we're just looking into it. But as fans of the club, we would probably do need to overthink these things and look into these sorts of things. But, you know, who knows? Hopefully they, yeah. there won't be an issue with them two playing together. Mm. Um, but then after that, I, I mean, yeah, speaking of changing the team, um, and doing those subs, obviously making two seconds, making two subs at half time shows that something is going wrong. And Zerbi put his hands up at full time, saying, "Yeah, he changed the team too much." Well, he, he said that he changed the team too much. Um, and yeah, obviously you've already said it was the worst he's played under him. But it's interesting that he he actually admitted that that he changed the team too much. I don't know if he means changed the team yeah. too much on Thursday as well, or maybe he just means today. Oh, um, yeah, Sunday, he's saying about rotation. I heard the whole quote, and it's like about the Europa fixtures. He just said, because of, obviously we lost Pascal Gross um, and then we got an injury to Milner. I think then we got an injury to Dunk. It was just one of them where he wanted to be more cautious, I think. And yeah, perhaps you need to take a bit more of a risk, but you understand the caution, don't you? I mean, if you're losing key players like Gross, like Dunk, it's it's a worry, isn't it? You don't want to lose anymore. Ferguson as well is quite injury prone. Um, but yeah, I, I think, as you said um, earlier, it's like a big sigh of relief for us because... So many times, Brighton, especially when losing like 1-0 to Bournemouth, for example, I just fully expected Bournemouth to just park the bus for the whole of the second half. I wouldn't have imagined us, you know, turning that around. I must admit, I said it at the time. I said, we're going to struggle now, aren't we? Because we always do. Um, and it was just a big sigh of relief when Matoma scored. Obviously, Gilmore scored and then Matoma scored again. It, we, we haven't done that for a while, which is quite nice. But yeah, rotation definitely affected us. I think when mm. you bring the big boys on, it helps. Yeah, and speaking of big boys, Carlos Maleba. Now I'm a Maleba. Here he is. What do you think? Because everyone's sure. absolutely buzzing with the with the minutes that they saw him on the pitch. Is he the second coming of Moises Caicedo or better? <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. I'm going to say that right now. He's not. He is oh. like. Um, who would I say he is like? I would say he's very Yaya Torre or. Oh, I'm not saying he's, you know, Yaya Torre is, is probably one of the best midfielders of our generation. Um, yeah. But that's the sort of 
sort of build he was. He was quite okay. big, very strong, very good tackler, but also driving it. And that's not really what Caicedo did. So I think that's where I draw the line between him and Caicedo. Draw, he, he really drives it and tries to win the ball back. If we've got someone that can drive and win the ball back, we have missed that so much in transition, so much in transition. And um, I think Brett Mendoza, shout out Brett, put it out. Um, I think he said it was the first 50-50 that we've actually won in like literally weeks. And we scored since Caicedo left. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he's spot on to be fair. And we need that. So yeah, hopefully him and him and Gilmore have a bit of a future, especially with obviously gross out. I thought Dahoud is. I still think Dahoud's quite lightweight. I think he's very, very good on the ball. Mm. But um, I think you know, in terms of tackling wise, you, I reckon you get past him. To be fair, uh, he's very easy to get past. So yeah, maybe in transition, that's where it's going to be worrying. Um, Carlos, big man. Him and him and um, him and Gilmore could be a very, very, very exciting duo, especially with you know Cosedo McAllister last yeah. season. So we're in safe hands. Whilst well, I don't know the length of Pascal Gross of being out, but. Because it's usually no, my, like my friend. So said, after it? international break, wasn't it? Somewhere. Was it? Well, no, because then he played in Europe, didn't he? And gets United. Oh, you're saying he's out yeah, until he the international in, break? Sorry. He he's out until after internationals. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, I did not know that. So October, right. late October. Fuck, that's not ideal because no Pascal, no party. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So you've got time for Belay, but you've got time for these players. You've got time for Dahu to learn a bit more because... You know, it's a, it's a team of learning, I think. That's what it is. I mean, we win a lot of games. I think this is what it is. We're, we're so used to winning now um, that when we don't, fans get fickle, as we mentioned earlier. Mm. But more importantly, you know, you don't want to play his heads to drop. Um, and I think, yeah, luckily we won this game. It gives a chance for a lot of these players to be tested out. Um, obviously, we've got Chelsea at the week, uh, in the week. Another chance for... I, I'd start the Labour probably just to get that first start under his belt. Um, I refuse to believe he's 19. <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> look at him. He, he just isn't check his 19, passport. is he? Like, let's be honest. But like, check his ad drive. <laughs> check his real one, anyway. Yeah, 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 check his real passport. But, but yeah, Ryan, I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at I, the I fixtures think, yeah. without Pascal Gross or just the fixtures in general coming up. We have got some very very tough games in the next what six. So next six very. games, very tough. Like this is a huge set. Well, what we go to September, end of September to October is going to be absolutely huge we've got like you said chelsea next in the carabao cup easy win because they're absolutely diabolical um so i don't take that but, but that's <laughs> yeah but then because it's, it's probably okay, gen genuinely yeah genuinely and I, I know this isn't the chelsea preview but like i i wouldn't be surprised also probably wouldn't mind as much losing to chelsea sacrifice that game a little bit i know yeah. that that would happen i know that deserve want to win every game but i'm just looking at that fixture list and i'm looking at that squad and we've got a great squad depth, as you say. You can say the rest of the fixtures, but it is a bit it is a bit tight. Saturday, twelve thirty kickoff at Villa Park, right off. That is a Brighton loss straight away. <sighs> I'm sorry, but we never get a result against Villa, let that alone at Villa me. Park. Let alone at Villa Park. They're doing well at the moment as well. I think they're like sixth in the table. They just beat Chelsea. I know Chelsea got a red card and see a lot minute. of chances though. Yeah, okay. Mm. But Ollie Watkins is on fire, I think. So what it seems to be anyway. Um, 
And yeah, I think Always whenever we play well. whenever we play Villa, it's just not it's not fun. And when I was asked, Are you going Villa Park, I was like, No, I'm never going back there. I've been there like three times and it's always shit. I hate going yeah. to Villa Park. And then the queues to get back. I am going train, again, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> mate, I feel so bad for you. But uh, the, yeah. just getting out of that, it's it's harder to get out of Villa Park than it is at Falmer, I'll just put it out there. Um Yeah. After Aston that's, Villa that's a shout, you know. After Aston Villa, we've got Marseille away, which is going to be huge. And I'm 99% sure I'm going to that, which I can't believe. Uh, that'll be sick. Hang on, we've got... Oh, yeah, uh, it is Marseille. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then... And then we've got Liverpool at home. Uh, and then you've got City away after that as well. And then Ajax at home. Oh, my God, man. What's an, what These six, <gasps> next six games is going to be huge. What we, oh, boy, the, the season's yeah. going to be mad. Just after those six games, like we could still be in the league cup, we could this be this season. We could be is top of our defined in the next month. I wouldn't go that far, but like if we get some big, if we get a point, like I guess oh, I don't really know. It will be tough. I think the league you is going to take go that far though. You think about it. That's what the league is going to take a hit Villa, in this in this during this time, Ryan. Because I don't think we get. A, I don't. I genuinely I mean. think we're going to lose against Villa. I think we maybe get a point at home against Liverpool. Probably lose away at City. And those are our Premier League games, and that's going to be, yeah, the next three Premier League games don't look good right now for me. That's two of the biggest in Europe and three of the three of our competitors in the Prem. And not to mention Chelsea, obviously, our biggest rivals now. Um, <laughs> biggest rival, yeah, exactly. So, like, those, are, those um, are pretty... But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I guess it is I know the words be a mental, season-defining sound very, very extreme. Yeah, um, yeah but it's tr- it's kind of true. You think about it, think about the confidence in that... I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying everything falls apart if you don't win in the October, but those October fixtures are enough to give you enough confidence if you win most of them mm-hmm. or come out pretty much unbeaten. You know, that's enough confidence to last you to New Year's. Um, or it's the other way around and you're, you know, not so well. Yeah, well, it's going to be very tough. Um, sorry, going back to the Brighton match, obviously, Mitoma scores yeah. a header again against Bournemouth. It was a lovely goal. I don't know who assisted it. I'm trying. To, I can't really yeah, remember actually. Certainly. Who did assist? Mr. Pinyan. Come on now. Oh, was it the best duo in the league? I've even looked at my FPL yeah. this week, mate. It's, it's been a it's been a big weekend, but um, yeah, I think I think I've done well in that. Plastic, but, plastic, plastic. Cheers, mate. I've, I've been busy. I've been a busy man. You get me. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Matoma gets that yeah. one. Seventy seventh minute, and you think, yeah, the game's over. But Bournemouth then had a few late chances on. I think Purvis, the assister, made an unbelievable block. Um, and then so did Lewis Dunk as well. I think Verbruggen was like clawing for the yeah. ball and it was about to go over the line. And then obviously Dunk is there to save the day. Unbelievable positioning. Um, Mate, what a player. Unit. What, what a player. player. And it's scary. More to think. chesting as well. Like More chesting. It's scary to think what we're going to be like without him, which I don't want to think about because hopefully he can play for us until he's in a nursing home. Maybe that'd be good. This is the thing we, you say. When, when we don't have him, it's not ideal. We're actually... We were saying this, um, actually, Lewis Dunk back, just, just that leadership bit of calmness. You, you wouldn't have associated Lewis Dunk a few years ago to be in the bit of calmness and leadership because he was the man to get sent off when things were going wrong or score an own goal when things weren't. And yeah, I, I think he's just, when he comes back, you just feel so much more assured. Um, even Webster, you know, he made Webster look very, very good in that game. I do stand by it that he makes other players look good. Obviously, it deserve would never admit that. Um, but I think, you know, he is, he does, he just gives that much more or a bit, a lot more presence there, you know? Yeah. It was, I think I, I said it in the um, Athens review 
I mean, we were giving <clears throat> Igor the ball as if he was Lewis Duncan. Like he was, we were giving him the ball as if he was the orchestrator, like Lewis Duncan normally is. And it just that's why it kind of didn't work. And I know that's quite a lot of pressure for Igor coming in. It was like his first competitive game for us, first game in Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah, to be to be the orchestrator like that, um, which is obviously why the kind of defense was he did... captain at Fiorentina. I don't think so. Because for some reason I thought he was. Like, I don't know why I thought he was. Yeah, um, maybe it was just a false memory. I could have sworn he was in that Europa game, but maybe I was wrong. But I just thought, oh yeah, maybe we've got a bit of leadership in Igor. You know, we can rely on him. But I actually thought Igor was very, very good with his feet. I thought he had a really hard time from a lot of fans because I never, I didn't think he was as bad as everyone made him out to be. Um, it was purely just sort of um, that lack of sort of chemistry between him and Van Hecker. Yeah. Um, you know, they just got done on that turnover, really. That was it. A lot of times, yeah. So that was a calamity game, and hopefully we can forget about that. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about for the Brighton game um, against Bournemouth? I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that there's. I think there's still a fair amount to talk about. If I'm honest with you, I think that we've thirty-five we've minutes really, in. Really Brian, touched on. I think Anthony Fatty, obviously, we mentioned. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Need to get back to work and stuff. I, I get it, but I mean, yeah, I, I think. I think just a lot of credit needs to go to us who say, obviously, Billy Gilmore deserves a lot of credit. I thought he was fantastic yesterday. Yeah. Um, you all laughed at me when I said future leader. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I still think, uh, sorry, future captain. I've got a feeling about him, you know. He, uh, if there is someone yeah. that could grow into a bit of a leader, I feel like it could be him. But that's just me, yeah. Unless um, Chelsea's yeah, re-signing we'll because see. of that Carl's funny rumour. Wasn't there? There was that rumour. Oh, yeah, what, that the one that doesn't exist. Yeah, that was yeah, the one. That- that was funny. They're yeah. scouting. And, what, and he, has, he, has a really, he has a buyback clause as well, wasn't it? No chance. Um, yeah, I think... It's surely, surely by now. I mean, I, I saw a Chelsea tweet the other day about Colwell. I think it was Colwell saying he was overrated, can't defend. And and, and obviously, Caicedo got um, subbed off. And I just think, like, why would you bother? I mean, <laughs> surely you would look at that and think, what's the point? Why would you do that? I think I think hopefully Deserby. I mean, I think he did reject him anyway, didn't he? But if if they already want Poch out, it's been five games. You know what I mean? So surely, if 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 they got rid of Poch, Deserby looks at that and thinks, "Yeah, a poison no chalice." I wouldn't bother with that. I mean, would you? I think Graham did. Graham Graham Potter's got a better record at Chelsea than Poch has. I think Graham Potter got sacked for better results, didn't he? I might be wrong, but I feel like that. It feels that way because I feel like Chelsea right. are just constantly losing. Right. And Graham Potter got sacked, yeah. Just yeah, madness. yeah. Because Graham um, Potter drew a lot, didn't he? That was the thing. He drew a lot, whereas Potts just loses better than losing um, all the time. Yeah, and it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, mate. They're a mess, and it's quite funny, really. But they deserve it, so it is what it mm. is. Um, but um, yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah, big game on uh, big game on Wednesday night. Are we, we going to cover this in this episode? Um, I reckon let's do let's do ten minutes tonight. after this. We'll we'll cut. We'll finish this episode, and then we'll do it, and then we'll get that preview out like tomorrow or something like that. Whenever this will go out, or oh, this should be out like Monday evening. Nice one. That's Monday now. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Brilliant. Thank you, Ryan, for coming. Maz was on a shoot and couldn't make it. Unfortunately, it like went over the time that it was meant to. That's what he called it. We tried time. messaging every yeah. single bright bright <laughs> creator under the sun. Under the sun in other universes, and no I've one text, could. I've honestly been ignored on WhatsApp. <laughs> I think, honestly, you guys let me down. It. No, actually, I'm joking. They, they actually didn't. I did get a few replies in the end. I just haven't looked. But yeah, everyone says they're busy, uh, which is always a great on life. a Monday. So uh, as cap, yeah, start the cap. All right. Hopefully, we've done the game justice. On a Monday, surely everyone's in that. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, you've done yes. the game justice, and you didn't boo. If you did boo, then boo you. All right. Um, and on that note, like, subscribe, 
leave us a rating on Apple or Spotify. I'm so sorry. My head's absolutely frazzled. I think I feel like it's frazzled every fucking podcast, isn't it? Which is not ideal, but yeah, I know here we is. are. It is. Uh, I try my best, and sometimes you don't succeed. Like the best that. Brighton podcast out there. There's, you yeah. know, that's what it is. <laughs> give you cutting edge insight and cutting hung edge. over Ben every single week. So why else would you want it? Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, subscribe. Well, I don't even know what you're calling give, give us a rating of five stars, and we will see you very soon. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.